We are Chris and Beth Bruno, and this is the Walking With Podcast. We lead a team of brave and brilliant story work counselors and coaches around the country, all committed to helping you come alive. Join us as we explore the sacred landscape of the human heart at the intersection of theology, psychology, and ministry. In this season, we're inviting ministry leaders to join us to discuss the challenges they face as they lead and walk with others. Jen, thanks so much for joining Chris and I on the Walking With podcast today. So fun to see a friendly face that we haven't seen in a year. (laughs) I know. Thank Um, you so much for the invitation. And I agree. Like, just like, oh, smiles (laughs) and people's (laughs) eyes, not just words on the screen. Yes, yes, yes. So we're so glad to just chat with you today. And let's start by you telling our audience a little bit about yourself, your role in the community, where you are, um, what occupies your time these days. Yeah, Yeah, great, thanks. Uh, Well, I am am a Colorado native and I always love to share that because I think there are fewer and fewer of us as time goes on. Uh, So I'm I'm a native and uh, why I'd love to share that is for a couple of reasons not fewer and fewer of us, but also, so I'm a firstborn daughter of a firstborn daughter of a firstborn daughter of a firstborn daughter of a firstborn daughter. Like all of us were born in Colorado. So that's like, we're like legit Coloradans. (laughs) (laughs) Get the place on our car to prove it. Does that go back to before Colorado was a state? It does. Yeah. So we were, we were here, um, before statehood. So our, my family settled um, outside of the Penrose Canyon City sort of area. Um, they were apple farmers and um, also irrigation engineers is what they did for, for their living. And so here I am today in Fort Collins. Um, I love apples and I love water. So <laughs> I mean, that's a connection to my family. I don't know. Uh, but I've been really privileged to, to get to live in Fort Collins um, really since really since 1988 when I came up here as a college kid. Um, I did spend two years abroad as a Peace Corps volunteer uh, where I served in the beautiful island nation of Samoa in the middle of the South Pacific. And uh, this is where I chose to come home to. And uh, for the last uh, already seven years, it has been my absolute privilege um, to be the executive director uh, for the Alpha Center here in Fort Collins. And um, we're a sexual health clinic that is free um, to our community and, and rooted in, in the Christian Foundation uh, for our team. And um, just so uh, such a beautiful place to get to work and um, beyond what I could have ever asked or or even um, dreamed about. Uh, so that's, that's what I get to do. My role means that I connect um, with our team and help build our team and support them. Uh, and it really means that I also get to explain our incredible not-for-cost services to our community, our churches and other organizations. And it's just such a privilege uh, to get to be a part of a, such a wonderful organization. That's how I met you guys. Um, and so I'm doubly grateful today. Yeah. Well, we're so excited to have you and thank you for your work and ministry and our community and just all over the place. So Thank you. Jen, we're we're talking with people like you who are really at, you know, the the forefront of ministry and challenges. And you submitted to us a question uh, about some of the things that you're facing in your work. And and so we'd love to hear from you, like what that question is. And then let's talk about, uh, talk about that a little bit. Yeah. 
Yeah, I hope I remember it well. Um, I, you know, I think I'm so curious about how do we lead well in this time of um, just ongoing struggle and places of disappointment and places of where we feel disconnected. You know, like we said earlier, it's just so nice to see your face and and know that that's only a quarter of the way to how I really want to hang out with you. Um, and, and so how to lead well in that space, I think is, is definitely a challenge because uh, as a leader and as a person, I am like 98% of the time, 100% optimistic. <laughs> like, that's just who I am. And so, to, and I know that that can be really annoying to some people sometimes because there are places where we have hard things um, and how to do that well. So I'd love to hear your wisdom on like what you've learned and how we can do this well. Yeah, well, I think the the term that we have heard, I think all of us in various ways, is the term COVID fatigue, right? And that, given where we are, it is beginning of February when we're recording this. And so given where we are, it's been a long time and we are all tired. And, and I think what you're saying too, like as leaders, we are often the ones that have to hold the optimism hold the cheerleading, hold the, we're going to be okay, everybody kind of flag for everyone else. And the reality is it doesn't feel like that, does it? It doesn't feel like we're going to be okay. (laughs) Right. Right. And that's really tough for us to enter in. So I fully can appreciate your, your question and and your concern. I think it's a a general one that people will have. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably the most important thing to start with is it's not you. It's not us. It's not singular. It's a collective experience. And probably what's more unique than anything we've ever had before is that it's a global collective experience. I mean, talk about a flattening um, thing this pandemic has been. And so I think that's probably that for me, that's helpful actually to realize whatever, however challenging this feels, it's not me mm-hmm. it's all yeah this. absolutely yeah and along with that it's if you're fatigued if you're experiencing some level of like this is hard then rather than saying that fatigue is a sign of you not leading well for your team it's actually that you've continued to be at the forefront you've continued to hold to a greater degree maybe than even before that your fatigue is coming from you've put more energy out there than ever before in your leadership. I know I have. Mm-hmm. And so to experience fatigue uh, on, on one level is, is normal. And then I think on the leader level, it's going to be even, even greater. Yeah. I really appreciate you saying that. I, I hadn't probably processed it that way. Like I think just because we're that place, we're all in this together and there's that collective awareness that alone is super powerful. Um, and that, awareness of what I what I hold what we hold as leaders is a lot different right now um we we always we always hold a lot our hands are generally pretty full um but to also then have to be the like we're gonna we're gonna get there um when you don't even know where there is I think sometimes that's a a definitely a new space of challenge for me because I feel like we like to sort of you know, identify deadlines or, or goal dates and that sort of thing so that we're not just continually spinning our wheels towards an ambiguous 
we're going to launch this someday. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and to have that, to have that really sort of removed from reality um, because it feels like letting go of those deadlines or those target dates um, has actually turned into a real positive thing because the disappointment associated with dates that came and went that you weren't able to actualize felt harder than just not setting a date. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love your words, letting go. And I don't mean it in like the frozen <laughs> you know, Disney kind of way, but right. there is something that when you are a leader of an organization, it means you've been around the block a while, right? There's some level of you've, you've put in some time, you've, you've grown into a level of leadership. And being in a level of leadership, there is an expectation of others and of you that you know what to do. Yeah. You know what to do. We've done this before. We've done budgets before. Tell me how to do a budget. We've done planning and goal setting and vision. And we've opened things and closed things. We've done this before. The reality is that we have to let go of that notion that we've done this. None of us have ever done this before. I've never led through a pandemic before. Have you? Yeah, no. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank goodness. And may this yeah. be the last one that we ever have to lead through. Amen. <laughs> uh, but no one in alive today has led through a pandemic. And so for us to assume that we know what to do uh, actually puts us into a greater risk level of being fatigued because we've never done this before. We just don't even know. And our teams need to know, I've never done this before, guys. I've never done this before. And so let's figure out how to navigate well as best we can. And we're going to not navigate well. So let's let go of the expectation that we're going to figure this out well. Mm -hmm. Um, Right? Right. And it's sort of the like living the model of grace. Um, Like I think, let's say early 2020 and the years before we would talk about, oh, I've got, you know, we have grace for that, we have grace for that. And, and I don't know that we actually knew what that meant. Mm-hmm. And, and now it's like, oh, we have to have a lot of grace in a lot of different ways for a lot of things because I, I don't know. And it doesn't, and it doesn't mean, I really appreciate you saying that. It doesn't mean that we're not trying and it doesn't mean that I'm not seeking answers or striving for what could be next, but it's also the, the reality of, you know, I could say, absolutely, we're going to do team meetings in person in our building by June. Maybe, maybe, you know, like the reality of that feels really hard. And so I appreciate that place of, of the encouragement to walk in the let go because it's hard to let go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things that we have to recognize, even as leaders, is that we are in the midst of what I would call sustained trauma, right? There's Mm -hmm. acute trauma and there's sustained trauma. So the acute trauma is when there's an event or an experience that you can actually point to. It's a, it's a singular moment. It's, it's when the car crashes, it's when the job is lost. It is when someone passes away. It's when the earthquake happens, there's an acute trauma. It's a moment in time. And we can say, that's when it happened. That's when my losses occurred. But what happens with sustained trauma is that it's over the course of time and often it feels a little bit more cloudy and misty, almost like something seeping underneath the door. And it's present and it comes and it's there and we can see that something is seeping under the door, but we're not quite sure like how toxic is this? 
what is actually going to impact us. And when we can't see it, then we don't typically name it. The acute trauma I can name, I had a car crash. That's when this happened. The sustained trauma is, is all the little moments. It's every breath you take in that room is traumatic because now there's some level of toxin there. And that I think is what we're living through. And it's so much harder to pinpoint because it's not just one team meeting you didn't have. It was the, the, the 25 that you didn't have. And it's not, right. for those with kids at home, it's not just that schools got closed this day. It was every piece of homework you've had to navigate with the kid in online school, right? It's all of those things put together that if we're just saying, hey, it's just, I'm having to help my kid with homework, that feels often like that's not a trauma. And in many ways it isn't, but what I'm saying is it kind of is. It's part of this greater sustained trauma. And what we don't do is then we don't wanna say my child is causing me trauma and their math homework <laughs> is causing me trauma. And the, the lack of a staff meeting, that's trauma. We don't say those things, but collectively it begins to be something that is just really overwhelming. And I think one of the things we need to do is step back from it and name it, mm -hmm. name the losses and the griefs in the ways that, you know, that we would with an acute trauma, however small they might be, so that we can actually do something with them. Because otherwise they just sit there and weigh on our, on our shoulders and wear us out and we're not even aware that it's happening. Yeah, I think that's so powerful of a perspective because I, I really believe that um, it's hard to, to name and, and lament things, um, you know, call it a trauma because that it feels, um, it feels so injurious and, and so like, oh, and do I, do I really want to recognize that for now going on 12 months, there has been a repeated injury to, to, you know, my soul or to my, to my connection with my people and, and my friends and my community and my team. And, or do I want to say, hey, I'm helping my kids with their homework. Um, and it's easy to sort of push the, I like that imagery of the seeping out of the door. It's sort of easy to try to just then it seeps out of the door, but now let's push it under the rug. Move it from one icky place to another huh. and never have addressed it. Does it feel like it gives it too much weight to name this was injurious, like you said? Like, yeah, so yeah. many of the things that we've lost when you would take them singularly in another year would feel so small. And so, does, yeah. is that how it feels that that's giving it way too much weight? I, I think absolutely, and and I think because the list could become really long pretty quickly, yeah. and and like, well, how do you? kind of you know one of the leadership mantras is sort of like pull your shoulders back stick your chin up and <laughs> let's let's get on, on. get yeah. on to yeah get on to getting on and there is a place where you have to say man that was really hard and that was really hard and how do you then pull your shoulders back put your chin back up and say that is true that is a hundred percent true and we still need to go towards what's next even if we can't identify it even if we don't know where it will be when it will be we we still have this next to look forward to and i think um maybe one of the challenges as a as a faith-based organization and maybe it's not specific to us is is that it's easy to 
cast our vision towards the future because our hope is in the future. Like we, we know that, but there's hurt in today and, and to allow that to be present and, and to say, man, I'm, gosh, that really does kind of stink. Um, it does kind of stink that we're having to deal with this kind of ongoing because I think for so many of us, there are also acute losses in the midst of that ongoing sustained trauma. And so there are peaks and valleys, even in the like consistent heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think about, you know, if we were to be able to name that what we're experiencing is trauma, is mm-hmm. sustained trauma, then like you said, giving grace maybe becomes more natural because we should, we should be tired if we're experiencing trauma, right? We should have situational depression if we're experiencing some form of trauma. And so once we name it, can we then give ourselves a little bit more grace as we walk through it and our people grace that we're leading? Um, and, and just like you said, it will ebb and flow. There will be days where we need to look forward, look ahead. There will be days when an acute trauma comes along and we really need to pause, but would it be more natural to extend grace if we did name this is situation, this is sustained trauma? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my gut tells me yes. And also like <laughs> at the same time, a little bit of, of I, I want the natural of extend the grace and, and the naming this sustained trauma, just, it does just feel like, oh, okay. Um, and that's okay. That's, and that's the reality of, of what we're in. Um, and it's the reality of growing, I think, maybe in courage and confidence and compassion in the moment of it's hard. Because again, it would be easy to just jump to the next thing, but that's maybe not courageous or compassionate or even confident that you're gonna pull through to the next thing when it's available. You know, I'm, I'm actually really excited about this generation of leaders who are currently at the forefront of their organizations or teams or ministries, because I actually believe that the gospel is a gospel of tension between life and death. Mm-hmm. And that there is a kingdom that has come and then there, there is a kingdom that is yet to come. And that this, this situation we find ourselves is an invitation into the tension. And I think that, at least for me, the leader I was a year ago, would have come to a situation or would have come to things and, and said, yes, but, and then continued on into, we're going to do this and this and this. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is an invitation of God for us as leaders to come to the yes. And mm-hmm. we can sit with what is not or what we lament and still hold hope. Yeah. And that piece to me feels this, like what is going to happen with a generation of leaders right now that learns to live with that space and that tension. And even, you know, you, you both have used the word uh, giving grace or having grace. And, and in my mind, I'm thinking that's, I love that. And to me, it's actually giving space, giving space mm-hmm. to my loss, giving space to my lament, giving space to my trauma, giving space to this was a hard day. And all I did was stay at home and be on Zoom all day, right? And yet there's space for that and there's still space for the good God to still be good. Yeah, that's beautiful. I have to wonder if this is all a little bit more challenging for American 
leaders, ministry leaders. Um, because you're, you're describing that, Chris, and the word that comes to mind is inshallah. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a Muslim has, has learned and believes in a certain level of fate. Mm-hmm. And if God wills, it will happen. And that's a belief system that is, you know, we just don't operate under. But I hear that. Like, I wonder if leaders in the Middle East, for example, have already learned to live in the tension of mm-hmm. and things might not happen like that. We don't have control and perhaps it's cultural. Perhaps it's a belief that Allah may or may not will it to happen. And we can't know a sense of determinism that we don't have as Christians, but it just makes me wonder if that's a challenge for all of us here that we are not going to be able to control our way through this or wrestle an outcome by just, you know, doing at it, doing it harder. And maybe we need to loosen our grip and have a little bit more of an inshallah perspective. Mm-hmm. And this year mm-hmm. is wrestling that out mm-hmm. from our grasp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. And I would say, as long as we don't fall into fatalism, right? as long as we don't yeah. fall into criticism, right? And I feel like that's right. what I've heard a lot also of ministry leaders saying, I just, am, I am more cynical than I've ever been. Mm-hmm. And I love the, the, if God wills space, and if he wills, it will be. And that's where I need to just rest in, in, in allowing myself to be there. That's what I'm trying to say, space. Mm-hmm. Space yeah. for him to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think in that confidence of if God wills it, what we have confidence in as, as Christians is that God wills only good things. Like we have, we have that assurance. He doesn't will bad things for us. And so it, my, my idea of a good thing or my hope for might not be as good as his good thing. And so maybe there's even better, or it may be that my cynicism or my lack of dreaming is a disconnect from his desire for good things. Cause that's, he, he only gives good things. So there's a beautiful, there's a beautiful pairing of that with the, I can rest in his will and I know it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Even if I don't know when it's coming or what it will look like, I have that confidence. I have that place of, that's not um, sugar coated optimism of it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. It's a, a rooted confidence that it actually is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever it, it may is. may not be fun. The okay may not be Right. Fun. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, and we have that confidence based on what he's already shown to be true of right. who he is. And so when you talked about grieving and lamenting and actually doing that as a staff team, we have found that right alongside of looking back and grieving as we've looked back and named, and yet we saw God here and we saw God here, and we saw God here. It's those little moments of, of naming his faithfulness too that allow us to look forward and know so good. still has good gifts for us. Mm-hmm. And even yes. in the midst of all that wasn't last year, we found a lot of good gifts mm-hmm. to name. And those two need to be hand in hand to yes. really yes. represent who God is. Yeah, so, so good. And so important and easy to lose track of because mm-hmm. I just want to yeah. you know, plug and play. Yeah. And that's the yes and. Mm-hmm. That's the yes, this has been a hard year and. And yes, we don't know what will happen. And, uh, and it just invites all of us. And when we as leaders do that, I think it actually invites our team to recognize, to give them the space to say, this, it, this has been bad and this has been good. 
That's so good. Yeah. That's so good. That's so helpful. I really appreciate your, like that pull back a little and bigger picture perspective. Um, so important and so encouraging because like, and again, like even what you said earlier, none of us have ever done this. And so yeah, we're all- My first time. My first time. <laughs> like, I yeah, I hope it's my last time too. <laughs> like, I hope this is a one, a one and I learn a bunch and that helps us be successful, but that we never repeat this, you know? Yeah. Jen, thanks so much for being with us today. So good to yeah. see your face and hear your voice. Yeah, same goes. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your insight and have loved listening to the podcast um, throughout the pandemic. It's been a place of joy. So thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. The Walking With Podcast is a product of ReStory Labs, the digital laboratory of Restoration Counseling Center. And did you know under ReStory Labs, we host another podcast called Thrive Marriage. If you or someone you know is married, subscribe to Thrive to hear professional and personal stories on topics relevant to couples who want more for their relationship. You can learn more about us on our website in the show notes, and we'll see you same time, same place next week.